You're listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 132. Welcome to episode 132. Is it like the second week of January already or is no, it like what's not. going don't on? Worry, Joy, it's not. I don't even understand. 2016 <laughs> episode 132. I just see like the whole year flash before my eyes when we say that. You guys, this episode is sponsored by Kalo, the makers of the silicone wedding rings. If you know someone in your life that needs a Kalo ring, why haven't you told them about Kalo? Or just got one for them and been a good friend. Like firefighters, police officers, nurses. Crossfitters, like, your Crossfitters. Mom. It's not just My yeah, grandpa your mom. wears one, literally. Your grandpa does? Yeah, I told you about this. Yeah, that's right. Brandon gave... No, yeah, Brandon gave yeah. him his because he was to start trying to fix something like electrical and it electrocuted him and via his wedding ring. And he had this like giant blister on his finger forever. Oh, Kayla to the rescue. Yeah, Kayla to the rescue. Anyway. And then like Jimmy Fallon, that yeah. whole story came out. I'm close to getting Scott a Kayla ring because he, he's losing a bunch of weight. He's just been, he's been tracking his macros. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and so he's like, I, my wedding ring is about to fall off. I'm like, do you need a like, Kayla ring? I know what to do. Yeah. So you guys, you can enter code GGW at checkout, get 15% off your order, support the podcast, and support Kalo. This week, we have a very exciting guest. We have two, two wonderful guests. guests. Double, double trouble. So we have Dave Spitz and Nicole Lim from Cal Strength. Hi Welcome, guys. you guys. Guys, thanks for having us. Yeah, we're fired up. You guys are drinking mimosas. You guys are having a good time. <laughs> Every time you come over to Nicole's on a Sunday, you can expect full brunch and mimosa <laughs> and bloodies and uh, football and, and football during oh, the season. That's amazing. Yeah. I would like to go to there. You guys are welcome anytime. <laughs> anytime. So that place on earth outside Calstrom. Oh yeah, in California, I mean, it's you can't get much better than that. Yeah. So why don't you guys start with just telling us, telling our listeners who you are and about CalStrength and and uh, Nicole, we'd like to hear from you too about your career. So whoever wants to start, you guys can fight over that. Okay, well, I'll just give you guys uh, just a quick genesis of CalStrength. I was a track and field athlete at the University of Southern California, and after five years of competing uh, at the college level, I switched gears and uh, picked up Olympic-style weightlifting. And yeah, you know, back then, you know. yeah, there was like no <laughs> Olympic weightlifting presence in the United States. And so I kind of looked around and then decided to hop on a plane, and I went to Russia, I went to Hungary, and I ended up in Bulgaria. And uh, I was fortunate enough to meet a coach named Ivan Abajiev, and I actually brought him back to the United States and trained uh, alongside Ivan with a couple other Bulgarian athletes. And we started recruiting American athletes to kind of learn this system. And um, it was an epic failure, and uh, we ended up getting a lot of in people injured, and and we learned quickly that success is situational. You, know, you can't take a coach from a different time, from a different place, from a different culture and plug them into the United States and expect to have success. But we did learn a lot through the through the process and ultimately went back to the drawing board and kind of made a system that's appropriate for US lifters um, that takes into account, you know, their motivation structures and their time commitments and the fact that a lot of us are finding the lifts later on in life. And so that's kind of where the CalStrength system originated from um, was, this, was this journey. We worked into producing a successful gym that used a lot of the Olympic lifts to train sports performance models as well. So from baseball to football to um, eventually CrossFit, you know, we really relied on the Olympic lifts to, to help with 
with our sports performance models. And we, at the same time, sponsored a really successful Olympic weightlifting team. And that kind of is where the YouTube channel came from and where our social media kind of uh, uh, success came from. So Nicole, I was fortunate enough to start working with Nicole, what, four years ago? Yeah, 2011 or 2012. Yeah. She was kind of our first really successful female athlete. Our journey is... uh, has has been awesome, but you know, also we've been through some challenges. And so one of the reasons why I ever even delved into researching the differences between men and women with regard to resistance training was my experience with Nicole. Because nobody works harder, nobody's more committed, nobody nobody deserves success more than than she does. And we were we were totally uh, stagnant for almost eighteen months. And as a coach, I was, and just as, as, a, as, a, as a friend and a mentor, I was like, there's no way this is on her, this is on me. And we had to go back to the drawing board and kind of get research done. And, and then we back-tested some of the, some of the, some of the models with her and, and had success. And we just kind of went on to create this new women's program that we want to talk to you about today. So Dave, this, the inspiration for this new program was seeing Nicole's stagnation. So you, exactly. and especially because she's kind of like, she is the epitome of hard work and progress. You're like, okay, if she's not moving, something's going on here. That's exactly it. And so like, you know, uh, there are, there are gender differences um, with respect to resistance training that have to be, that have to be articulated. And Nicole did everything my boys did, you know? And so while while Spencer Mormon was winning multiple national titles and making international teams and her boyfriend Rob Blackwell was, you know, winning national medals and, and, and setting new personal records every year. Nicole made a ton of progress up front, so maybe twenty four months, thirty six months almost of, of good linear progression, and then just absolutely plateaued. And just like the YouTube uh, comment section was like, Nicole never gets any better. And we're <laughs> we kind of laughing off and but ultimately we had to kind of where where we benchmark things is, you know, where's our progress year to year um, over a 12 month window. And, you know, it got to the point where she got frustrated and uh, I sensed that frustration in her and she deserved better. So we kind of had to figure out what, what differentiating factors um, we needed to account for and, and just kind of go back to the drawing board. And Dave, really quick, where are you guys located specifically? And what is your main, uh, I guess, population at the gym? Uh, So we're in San Ramon, California, which is about uh, 20 miles outside of Oakland. So our main population in the gym, it's a very diverse group of athletes. So, you know, athletes from swimmers to golfers to football to, to baseball to track and field. So we kind of function as like a university weight room that's offered to uh, the public in that respect. And then we have our weightlifting team. So we have people that are competitive weightlifters that are that are looking to improve in the snatch and the clean and jerk specifically. And then we have a CrossFit population that kind of comes to us for work on the strength side. So um, if you've heard of the Barbell Wad program, that's kind of our our effort to help CrossFitters structure their strength and account for progress on the on that side of things. So yeah, I bet you had my guess is when the CrossFit community started trickling in, it was like, uh oh, they're <laughs> I don't know. It was is it a lot of experience with the barbell or is it more people that were like really needing to start from scratch? Because, you know, CrossFitters get this bad rap of like having horrible form and like not really knowing. Not being... That stereotype exists for a reason sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where early on in, in CrossFit, it was we saw a lot of like just, oh, my gosh, where did you learn this and why? And, <laughs> 
And uh, and over the last couple of years, you know, CrossFit coaches have gotten way more sophisticated. CrossFitters have gotten way more sophisticated. And what I think the primary benefit of CrossFit for the population at large is giving people license to go and do their own research and be accountable for their own success, whether it's in the fitness world or or in the in the weightlifting world. You know, it's just basically giving people license to go out and do research and and not rely on on these perceived experts for for information, but go and find out for yourself on your own journey what what makes the most sense, and that's been hugely um, beneficial uh, for us in our business because ultimately people want to come and learn and and pick our brains, and so it's been fantastic. We've met so many cool people, and it's super rewarding watching people improve and embrace these lifts that they might never have heard of a couple of years before. So Nicole, tell us a little bit about from your side of the story, kind of, you know, where, what your experience was like, why you um, sought this gym out and, um, you know, that experience of plateauing and how you guys were able to shift to get your lifts to start moving forward. Um, all right. So from the beginning, I was actually a competitive gymnast for 13 years. I did four years at Cal State Fullerton. And, you know, I took a couple after 13 years, it's like, I don't ever want to exercise again, you know, like 20 hours a week. I think I'm done exercising. So I took a couple years off. And of course, you know, the weight came on in early 20s, whatever. So I was, um, I found CrossFit. And I thought, wow, you know, this is great. I'm getting back in shape. The community is great. And it's fun. And I went to regionals in, well, I went to spectate <laughs> in 2012. I just thought, you know, I'm way too small. I could never do this. So Nicole, uh, what's your, your height? I am 4'9". You're a teeny little girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm a legal, legal little person. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I'm 4'9", and I weigh, well, at that time I was weighing about 95 pounds. Um, and so I thought, you know, I would, being so competitive with gymnastics, I thought I will never be good at CrossFit. I will never be competitive. Um, and so luckily for me, um, Olympic weightlifting has a 48 kilo weight class, which is about 106 pounds. And my coach at the time at CrossFit San Leandro thought, hey, let's give it a try. Let's give weightlifting a try. And I absolutely just fell in love with it. It came really easy. And just the idea of, okay, yeah, I hit this weight today, but guess what? Tomorrow you can put on more weight. That was surprisingly really appealing to me. So uh, during the spring of, or close to summer of 2012, I was stopping into Cal Strength, I'd say once a week with my CrossFit gym at the time, just to get, you know, some tips and see what I could I could do better and I actually fell in love with the environment the electricity there was you know I can't compare it to anything else just just watching the guys lift and I thought you know I could do that I could I could lift with them um, so I sat I trained at Cal Strength for two weeks straight and I sat down with Dave and I said I'd really love to be a part of this team at that time I was the only girl on the team so I was going into the gym five days a week with Rob Spencer Scott, Nate Omen, um, and kind of just holding my own, you know, like a little girl, uh, a little woman, I should say, pushing really hard to keep up with these big boys. And I'd say for, you know, like Dave said, three years, I kind of held my own on top of working full time. And after that, we just kind of hit a roadblock. And I, I had to sit down and say, look, I'm, I'm kind of at the point where I'm not sure if I want to do this anymore. You know, being so competitive, I want to win, I want to get on that podium. And, I said, we have to do something, you know, I, I don't have much time left. <laughs> so let's, let's figure something out. I'm willing to do whatever you want. And, um, like I said, I was training with the boys every day and it's like, I have to be as good as them. You know, I have to work as hard as them. I have something to prove. 
and I wanted to bring home some some hardware to, to really like make a point. So that's kind of how I got sucked into Cal Strength, and I've <laughs> I've been there for since 2012, June of 2012, and just working hard every day, trying to fight gravity every single day. <laughs> Start with the program of what you developed, Dave, and how you guys worked with that program with Nicole and any you know changes you made along the way working with her and then exactly what happened. And you don't have to give away all your secrets. Yeah, but. you don't have to give because I know you want to talk a little bit about it's with Train Heroic that you're launching that. We'll get into that. But start with the basics. Yeah, no, it's um, we try and be open books at CalStrength. Like we we have somewhere around, I don't know, 132,000 YouTube subscribers. And, you know, we try and put out as much free content as possible. So, you know, we're, we're big fans of just democratizing the information and, and helping people. So the idea that women's weightlifting has only been really a an appreciated sport since 2000 you know if we start there there's not a whole lot of data points to work with you know that's that's the first time when women's weightlifting uh, appeared in the olympic games and so basically countries around the world have been taking this stuff seriously for for about 15 years and so a lot of the research that has been done over the years it's all male driven so i kind of had to start and just create some hypothesis and then work into building a program based upon, you know, what we know about female physiology and, and, and the female endocrine system. And so I started with, with the constructs that, okay, if, if we know that, you know, from a fiber type ratio, um, that the greatest surface area to smallest for men, it's type 2A, followed by type 1, followed by type 2B. And then women are type 1, followed by type 2A, followed by type 2B. You know, that kind of can account for some of the differences in the strength and power outputs. And so that also accounts for for why, in some cases, women plateau earlier in their training, um, but they see really big initial gains. And so if we start with that premise, you know, and then we take into account the fact that you know, women have quite a bit lower, you know, in terms of a uh, hormone response. So, you know, at rest, men have somewhere around 10 to 20 times more serum testosterone than, than women. And so that helps, obviously, with protein synthesis. And so we need to, we need to figure out how to, how to account for that. Where, where that led us was essentially creating, creating some, some hypothesis like our lighter women can train at much higher intensities and much higher volumes across the Olympic variations than our men because they have more strength endurance and they have good relative strength properties. And then our heavier women, we need to give them more hypertrophy work so that they're, that those muscles can have an opportunity to grow so we can increase their force production. Ultimately, what that yields is, if we compare it to the men's programming, for our minus 63s, which is you know 138 pounds, our minus 63 kilo program, we have close to 30% higher Olympic lifting volume. We have about 5% higher intensities across the Olympic uh, variations. And then we have about 20% less volume in the strength movements to kind of give them an opportunity to, to recover and, and focus on building that, that maximal strength component. And we have about 10% higher average intensities across those strength movements. And then for the the heavier women, we have 25% higher Olympic variation uh, volume uh, at about 2.5% higher average intensity. And then our strength movements, we we really try and layer on the volume. So we have 20% more volume than than the men 
uh, at about the same intensity. And so I just started with those key tenants, and then that funnels into our exercise selection, into our volume, and into our intensity calculations. And, and that accounts for the physiological differences. And then on top of that, we create what are called mesocycles. So they're, they're four-week cycles that prioritize different things. In those cycles, we always start with a set percentage. So we say, okay, so for day one, start your snatch at 65% of your one rep max for four sets of three. And then next week, we want to try and increase that by two and a half kilos, providing your work set was above 100 pounds. And so we give you kind of a set percentage and then we put you on a progressive overload. But we go on a four-week cycle because we try and time up your deload throughout those linear progressions. We'll deload one week. We try and deload with mensis and then we try and do a max load um, or kind of discretionary maxes. So you have, a, you have a set number you're supposed to hit that day, but if you feel great, go with it. We do a max load week during ovulation. So when your progesterone and testosterone are, are supposed to be peaking. So we have kind of um, an opportunity for women just to kind of make changes to the program or, or make, make, make determinations based upon how they feel. So they're not necessarily married to the spreadsheet. And if we can say these, these things are, are what we find, now you go ahead and kind of make them your own, it tends to, it tends to work really well. And that was the basic starting point for, for what we did with Nicole. That is super technical and super Yeah, like I was just like, you're blowing my mind. It's like a <laughs> lot of science and a lot, a lot of numbers. It really is. Um, but, and it's so interesting that you even work like with the hormone cycle. And I mean, to be, I'm going to be totally honest with you. When I first kind of, you know, heard like, oh, this is this women's specific Olympic weightlifting, you know, kind of science behind this. I kind of, my initial response was like, whatever, I can lift like the boys. But, you know, I feel like when you describe it like that, it's really obvious that, you know, it, it has nothing to do with whether or not you're, you know, you're not over there with your pink barbell and like your, you know what I mean? <laughs> your, your leopard knee sleeves. Which I mean, you know, I would actually love a pink barbell. So don't get me wrong, but you know what I mean? It's not like a fluffier version. Whereas I feel like a lot of, you know, just in the athletic world in general, when you see something that's like women specific, a lot of times it ends up just being a smaller, more pared down version of what the men's version is. But that just sounds like it's so incredibly specific to like literally the physiological differences, not just like the, yeah. Like the psychological of like, Oh, we'll just do this so you can feel confident. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what surprised me also is, is when I sat down with Dave and, you know, he kind of talked me through the hormonal stuff. I just thought like, man, this is like mumbo jumbo. I can, I can just do whatever they're doing. But then after the first cycle, I just hit like these huge numbers and I'm like, wow, you know, I really need to be more in tune with what my body is telling me. You know, I obviously I'm not a 195 pound man with pumping full of testosterone. You know what I mean? Like, I if I got to keep up with these guys, I got to use what I have. You know, I was just shocked at how well I responded to, you know, the initial two months of this program. I, I think it's really cool too to kind of be able to like harness that and turn you know what like we tend to yeah. think of as this kind of pain in the ass like oh my hormones are, are all over the place and be able to look at that and be like actually I'm gonna work with this and use it to my advantage and that's kind of what happened so you know like Dave says oh we're gonna do four week cycle and you're gonna deload and blah 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 but you get to work at higher intensities and um, yeah. you know higher average volume and that kind of made it seem like wow you know like I'm kind of a badass you know like yeah. I yeah. can work at higher intensities and and higher volumes and I'm now I'm kind of like looking down at the boys you know they're missing lifts and here I am like smoking 
you know, right. higher intensities, you know, more times than they are. Yeah, that's just what you guys were initially saying. Like most programs that are geared for women, you know, it's almost like trivializing their efforts. Like, oh, here's your pink barbell. Yep. Here's your watered down variation. This is almost the exact opposite. Like we call this program Lady Killer because it is so <laughs> difficult. It is it yeah. is way more challenging than the men. So if I tried to give this to to one of my my elite males, I think it would crush them within a couple of weeks. So <laughs> that's kind but of it's awesome, actually right. It is. It's all relative. It well, they wrong. you know we can give them the pink barbell if they wanted to. It's okay. <laughs> Once again, I would just like to say I would love a pink barbell. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> not dissing on pink barbells <laughs> so nicole i have a quick question for you if i don't know if we can sum this up in just a couple sentences but i kind of i want to know just so i can conceptualize the idea in my head of what was one of the biggest differences that you saw that you were doing differently from mm -hmm. pre lady killer yeah. and going into lady killer just to, um, i guess one of the biggest differences you saw sure so in terms of programming it you know like we mentioned earlier Definitely more volume, definitely more uh, higher average intensities across the Olympic lifts. In terms of how I felt, you know, I responded exactly how Dave would, you know, described it to me when we started. I felt like crap, of course, you know, during the men's week. And then right after that, I just PR'd everything, you know, everything was light. Everything felt great. I felt really strong. That's kind of um, awesome too, though. It's like you finally, finally get rewarded yeah, for like sticking yeah. it out through that shit and then being like, sure. yeah, but I'm going to go PR. So sucks <laughs> to be you guys. Exactly. And it also goes, you know, as far as like accountability, it's like, okay, you know what? I have to try. If, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to give this my last shot, I have to try as hard as I can, you know? And I think I just, I, I can't even describe like the feeling I felt actually to be able to make such gains in such a short amount of time. I, I truly thought I was finished. You know, I thought like, uh, there's no, I'm not going anywhere. Right. Um, so you and, somehow like reached the max capacity of your body. Yeah, it's almost like I was completely revived. Like I had started over. What was like a, an example of what you were lifting and then a PR that you hit immediately? Oh, um, so I had snatched 66 kilos, which is like 140 something pounds. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, you don't speak pounds. <laughs> I don't speak freedom pounds. Um, so... I sat 66 kilos like in the, in the spring of 2014. That's um, 145 pounds, by the way. 145 pounds. Thanks, Dave. So <laughs> in, the, in the spring of 2014, I snatched 145 pounds. And um, I had been on this program for two months. And I snatched 69 kilos. And for a little girl, you know, a little woman, weighing 105 pounds, a six kilo or a six pound PR is huge. You That's know? 152 pounds, basically, 151.8. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, a, 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 is, right? If you're, I mean, that's yeah, like I mean, six percent of your I mean, body weight that you jumped yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, okay, let's let's take it down to just being a female. If you weigh 100 pounds and you put on six pounds, that's like a dress size. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, like six pounds on your on your weightlifting or uh, on one lift is huge. Especially um, in such a short period of time. And yeah. especially once you felt, if you felt like you were already at the point where it was like, well, that might be it. Like, I just might have a 66 kilo snatch for the rest of my life. So um, I was also clean and jerk. My best clean and jerk was 81 kilos, which was 176 pounds. And that was from also like the spring of 2014. And I bumped it up to 84 kilos, which is 185 pounds. And my clean and jerk is not even my strongest lift. So for me to even make any kind of gains within two months, 
of making this change in the cleaning dirt was surprising. You know, I, I couldn't believe that I was able to do that. I also was able to clean 187 pounds, which is a huge PR for me just to be able to get to, you know, a red and a green on the bar, which is, you know, 25 kilo, 10 right. kilo. <laughs> um, you know, just to be able to put those two competition plates on the bar was huge for me. It's just, I don't have the mental toughness to clean heavy weights and to be able to put actually two plates on the bar was huge. It was really, it was really cool to watch her just like completely re-energized and crushing weights day to day and like having fun with the sport again. I mean, there's no, nothing, nothing can demoralize you like stagnation. And so, and I, I feel like CrossFit is at this point now where there's enough information out there technically that people are lifting reasonably well. And, you know, the next iteration of their success is going to come from having intelligently designed programming that they can run with. And I have to, I have to put out a little um, disclaimer in that I've had probably 20 females on the program, both um, plus 63 and minus 63. We've had a lot of success with everybody who's tried it. But there is a lot of customization that needs to happen. You know, there's, there's every woman seems to be completely different. And so with regard to deloading during menses and max loading during ovulation, it accounts for positive feelings and positive results in about 60% of the population. You know, the other 40%, we, we have this feed where people are engaged in dialogue and, and Nicole is running that feed um, where people are just asking questions and trying to problem solve as long as we can kind of put this premise out there for discussion like hey we should listen to your body and this is these are things that might be occurring hormonally let's try and harness the power of, of what's going on in your body and not not ignore it then we can kind of talk through what works best yeah I, I, I don't know I still just keep going back to feeling like that just that concept it seems very empowering I think like most women go through their whole lives kind of knowing like, yeah, I know that hormonally something's going on in there because my, you know, like I can sense like a shift, but I don't actually have any idea what that, what is really technically happening or how that could affect even just like doing wads or, you know, apart from just like flying off the handle at your husband, you know, how it's going to affect your just day-to-day -day life. And so I don't know, I really, I love that idea of being able to use that, you know, to your benefit and being able to really key into that for your, for your goals. And also I think anytime you get to that level of performance where you are seeking out moving up to that next echelon from just like a kind of casual, you know, crossfitting um, weightlifter or whatever it is, there always has to be that level of customer optimization because you know you've basically what you're saying is I've exhausted the level of doing what everyone else is doing and I've plateaued there and so you know you can't just expect to dive into some other one size fits all program and you know get those same kind of results I guess uh, and so a lot of a lot of the endocrine work that I relied on for kind of developing the premise was um from female soccer players so like in trying to figure out what what's causing all the ACL issues and, and what what they can do to to mitigate some of the ACL issues in female soccer players this is one of the findings that has been pretty well researched like during during menses we have to figure out how to maybe not push high intensities um, especially with the with lateral skills and so that's where we drew a lot of the a lot of the endocrine stuff but the the physiological aspect alone, you know, if if you don't, if you completely discount what's going on in your body from from a hormonal standpoint, the physiological differences between men and women, and and then specifically light lighter women and heavier women, like that is that is enough to at least put together these 
these changes in the program that everybody will see benefits, I think. Yeah, to give you a pretty solid starting point. Yeah. Can you guys talk a little bit then about Train Heroic and you're launching this program when? Or have you already? Uh, uh, we already launched it. It's a soft, soft launch. We haven't really uh, done much to promote it. But, you know, Train Heroic's a really cool platform that we started working with a few years ago. If you go to marketplace.trainheroic.com, you can actually look at a ton of different um, teams that are out there that are putting out programming, whether it's CrossFit programming or weightlifting programming or gymnastics. And it's geared towards coaches, correct? Well, it's actually geared towards athletes. So oh, okay. you can you can you can use it as a coach. So we we have a lot of um, what we call chapters. Um, gyms that run our programming and that's awesome i mean if we if you go over to europe if you go to russia if you go to the ukraine you know and we've had uh, a lot of visitors come inevitably the first question some of the elite athletes will ask is okay who is your coach who's who's working with the athletes day to day on technique and and psychology uh, and then their second question is, okay, who is your programmer? Who's actually writing programming and 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 working in the back to develop the the broad plan for the athletes? And then of course they ask, who's your endocrinologist and who's your sports medicine people? But <laughs> the point is that most of us uh, in the United States are are, are pretty under resourced, and the idea that a coach needs to be both a programmer and a technical specialist, you know, and a and have some sort of you know ability to treat overuse injuries on top of that. If I could if I could give away just the technique aspect of working with my weightlifters, I wouldn't a heartbeat because I'm not that good at it. But <laughs> <laughs> but from a, from a, from an engineering and a, and a physiological standpoint, I think I, I think what we do is really good. You know, convincing coaches to let go of the programming aspect has been a little bit of a challenge. But individual athletes can sign up for the program at train on on Train Heroic for twenty bucks a month and. And basically, that gives you access to uh, the free app. Uh, we have iPhone and Android app or the web-based variation. And it gives you... What is the, the app? The app is Train Heroic. Okay. And it gives you access to not just the daily workouts, but every exercise will have a video demonstration and points of performance for you to look at. And then it has, like I said, this feed, uh, this cool feed where you can kind of interact with me and Nicole and some of the other CalStrength it's, people and everyone mm-hmm. else who's doing the program. It's so. like a Facebook page of weightlifting or of train heroic so you can post videos you can post comments or questions and anyone can respond anyone who's doing that program can respond so you know it it creates kind of like this online environment where you can share your experiences and how you're feeling and you know questions can you look at this video and I'm on there every day and I found that I don't even have to be on there every day because the women that are taking the program or doing the program are so proactive about helping other women you know get through it so it's actually been pretty awesome you know and is this for beginners all the way up to advanced? Uh, you know, any level. It, like I said, it's based off your, we said earlier, it's based off linear progression and your starting percentages. Um, we also offer a Cal Strength Starter Program, which is three times a week. And you hear starter and you think it's a cookie cutter program, but it's it's not. It's starter because you only have three times a week available. <laughs> really. It's still pretty challenging. After the starter program, we offer a club program, which is what I was doing before. It's five times a week. And then the men usually do the elite program, which I wouldn't recommend for anybody because it's awful. But that's nine, that's nine times a week. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> nine times a week it's for now it's nine times a week um throughout the year sometimes it changes to as much as 11 times a week 
And that's for people who are like legitimately trying to yeah, do I, like competitive, competitive. If you have the time and you have the skill, you can do the elite program. But, you know, five right. times a week is sufficient. enough for most people. Yeah. For most oh, yeah. people, yeah. Okay. It's still very challenging. Um, so we kind of took the club program, and that's what the women's the women's program kind of is a spinoff of that. So the women's program is five times a week. And I, I, I mean, the CrossFit program that I build, the Barbell Wad, the Barbell Wad Plus. So, you know, we have a lot of uh, – we, we have women that are doing the Barbell Wad and Barbell Wad Plus, like, you know, CrossFitters like uh, Jackie Perez or Colleen Fosh or um, Rita Benavides. But most mostly what we have is – male domination on the barbell one program so if the women's program if people like it if it if it has a market if it's giving value to people then we might make a barbell wad variation of the women's program but for right now you know i think that you can tweak the women's program to to work with metcons and skill work if you just kind of utilize the feed and say what days should i take off i can only do this what should i prioritize Yeah, yeah exactly Nicole, I want to ask you a question about weightlifting in your career. And it was such a shift for you from going from gymnastics into weightlifting. What was yeah. the moment when you're like, I love this? Like, what was that about? I, I like the moment I touched the barbell, to be honest. I was, like I said, I had found weightlifting through CrossFit. And my coach said, okay, this is how you snatch. And I did it. And she goes, wow. Uh, let's like, put damn straight. Yeah. And, and she says, okay let's put on some more weight. And I thought, okay. And um, that's that's kind of what got me so, that's kind of what made me fall in love with weightlifting. It's like, no matter how well you do, guess what? There's still more to be done. <laughs> you know, like, um, and when I started dating Rob, I kind of had to have a heart to heart with Rob. Like, you know, this sport's kind of hard, you know? <laughs> and Rob says, hey, guess what? Every day, the bar has an A day. The bar is on 100% of the time. It never takes a day off. And Rob said, you have to be on every day. And that, you know, being so competitive as a gymnast, and even in gymnastics, you know, yeah, you master one skill. Well, guess what? You can add another flip or another add another half twist or whatever. So you never really can master the sport. And that's kind of what made me fall in love with it is that I was up to the challenge every single day. You know, um, there's always work to be done, and right, you can always put more weight on the bar. Absolutely, absolutely. The one ridiculous irony in all of that <laughs> is that as you get better, the sport gets harder. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Like you know, you're you're literally chasing something that is only it's never going to be attainable because as you continue to get better and add more weight, your margin for error shrinks. And you you have to have more courage, and you and and the whole totally. the whole the whole task is just more difficult. So the better you get, the harder the sport becomes. Sweet. When is it? Everybody runs. <laughs> Where do I sign up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it is really it's it's addicting, and it's like you know it becomes it becomes. Um, and after a little while with Cal Strength, it's kind of like okay, yeah, I love weightlifting, but. After a while with Cal Strength, obviously with their popularity, I have I found that so many women were reaching out to me and telling me they were inspired, and that kind of pulled on the heartstrings a little bit. You know, like it's bigger than me. And so when we hit this plateau with my performance, you know, I was on the verge of just retiring, just becoming an exerciser again. You know, just going to the gym and being healthy and not competing anymore. But so many people were reaching out to me and saying, you know what, it's bigger than you. You're doing so much for women and um the athletic community not just women and some men you know some men some men that don't want a lot of men yeah 
Um, and that's kind of also what revived my love, I guess you would say, for the sport is that it is bigger than me. And yeah, I am doing like something. overcoming adversity portion. Yeah, I am doing something that is inspiring women to just be healthy. You know, like you don't have to be bulky or, you know, shredded out. You just lift weights because it's good for you. You don't have to be super competitive, but a, a lot of women were coming out and, and reaching out to me and saying, like, you know, I found weightlifting through you. I've been so inspired. And it's like, you know what? I've got to give back to them. That's kind of like my ever long love story with <laughs> weightlifting. That's how that goes. So I know you also, you have an Instagram account with quite a few followers. Is there one thing that people ask you a lot about or comment mostly on your Instagram, the theme? No, I I can't say. Um, mostly my Instagram is very positive, I have to say. Um, I, I hardly ever get any negative feedback. Yeah, I can I can read through like, you know, we work with a lot of NFL athletes and, you know, you, you fall in love with these kids as they grow up and, you know, they ultimately achieve success. But they post one thing and it's a hundred comments of, you suck, why can't you tackle, you're the worst, we should trade you. You read Nicole's comment section, and it's literally just like, it's all positive. It's all like, Nicole, you know, that was awesome. You're amazing. You're beautiful. My God, how do I, how do I, how do I be Nicole Lamb? It's, it's, it's really cool to just see how positive uh, an influence she is. Yeah. I would agree with that. We follow Nicole on Instagram. And well, thanks, guys. Yeah, and... And there's just a vibe. I don't know. We can scroll through all these Instagram and photos, the, and some of them are very showy. But Nicole's just like, you can tell she's just down to earth. She's a badass hard worker. And some other women's feeds, you get those stupid gorilla comments that are like, you look like a man. Like, you know, and yeah. you just, you just want to kick those people in the face. Yeah. So all the time. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, it's just all been Instagram has been like really positive. I'm really blessed to have the following or I don't know you know, that I have, they, they, a lot, I get a lot of comments about like my personality and that I'm always smiling in the gym. And I think that is hilarious <laughs> because I am probably the least approachable person. It's just my face. It's just got this. Hey, that's great. That's like the opposite of resting bitch face. It, I mean, no, it is rest, resting bitch face. I oh. get it from my mom. Um, so, so when people are on my feed, like, oh, my God, she's so happy. I love the way she lives. Even when she misses, she's smiling. That's 15 seconds that you see on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I know that somebody's pushing the record button. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, Instagram has been really positive and, and really encouraging, and it, it really just keeps me going, and I want to keep inspiring women and just proving, you know, just proving that we can do what they can do and keep fighting gravity is what I like to say. <laughs> We're almost out of time. I want to ask both of you to kind of give some words of wisdom through your experience with weightlifting, especially to our audience who's fairly new. There's We have a wide range of experience uh, in our listenership. What advice would you give from beginner to advanced of the best yeah. things that you've learned from weightlifting and or what it does for your life? I think that um, in weightlifting, you have to be very disciplined. You know, like if this is something you want to pursue, like I said, gravity is on every single day. You, you have to be really disciplined to keep yourself healthy. Also, you can't expect, even though I just talked about my huge PRs in two months, you can't expect PRs every day. But to you know, be fair, you were, you're like staying there for a year. So. Yeah, totally. 
So you've got to keep chipping away. You know, there's transference to be done. There's hard work to be done. There's strength to be gained. And um, you just, it, it's a sport of patience. Find yourself a good coach. And even if you're doing our online, you know, even if you're on Train Heroic, we have an eye. You can post videos on Train Heroic. You need to find someone who can take a technical eye and apply it to your lifts. Um, find a good program that you love. And if you can, I know a lot of people train in their garage or, you know, train whenever they can. Find a good training partner, even if it's male or female or whatever. Just find a good training partner if you can. I recently recently acquired a 16-year-old thrower in high school. She's uh, 53 kilos and we train together and she's been we push each other every single day. And she's 16 year old, 16 years old um, and I'm 29. So we we push each other every single day. We have a good relationship and we're in it together. Um, and I think that's really important for women to have someone totally. to share to share the drive with. The 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 most important aspect of becoming a great weightlifter is accountability. And you know, I talk about that ad nauseum with my guys and my girls. It's one of those it's one of those sports where you can't just shut off mentally and and follow blindly whatever someone is telling you. You really need to be engaged in your technique. You need to be engaged in your recovery and regeneration. You need to be engaged in your programming. It's not it's not a sport that you can have success just being a robot. You have to really be mentally engaged in the process at all times. And the other thing is, you know, in other countries, if you were to go to the Chinese national coach and say, okay, I'm a, I'm a 26 year old woman. I just, uh, I, I walked in a CrossFit gym and I'm, I'm snatched for the first time. Now, how do I get better? How, what do I do to improve my snatch? He or she would look at you like you're crazy because in, in other countries you wouldn't, you wouldn't embark on the hardest possible sport at that time in your life because you're just not going to ever win, win a medal or, or have international success. And so, you know, we're in a unique spot where the motivation structure for a lot of our population that picks up barbells, it's it's just working for personal satisfaction because of fulfillment. And so, you know, the motivation structure that drives a lot of athletes to go and pick up barbells, it's kind of like the same motivation structure that, that would get somebody to climb Mount Everest or to do like an unassisted trek to the South Pole. Like, you know, this this spirit of adventure and like challenge and, and just, you know, overcoming odds that are just, the sole motivation is just personal satisfaction. It's a really cool situation right now in this country and I'm really hopeful that podcasts like yours and and people um, that are picking up the sport through CrossFit are inspiring others, the next generation, to kind of pick up the sport and and hopefully we can have some international success because of you guys. To not wait till they're 26 to start snatching. Yeah, I mean, but hopefully, you know, like you have a, a son or a daughter or a, or a niece or a nephew or, you know, or a neighborhood kid or somebody that you're going to inspire to pick up the sport. And, and maybe those people will be on the podium at some point. So Dave, where can everyone find you? Uh, well, CaliforniaStrength.com is our web address at Cal underscore strength on the Instagram account or at the Barbell Wad on Instagram as well. Uh, our YouTube channel is Cal Strength or California Strength. Mm-hmm. Just Google us and you'll find us. Google is a good tool. And Nicole, what's your Instagram handle? My in- Instagram is underscore Nicole underscore Lim. L-I-M is in Mary. And you have a really cute dog. 
Oh, I have two cute dogs. They're so cute. I know. They're they're awesome. They are my life, my best friends. Joy Bye. has a lava. She's, well, we're all obsessed we're with We're all obsessed with dogs, yeah. <laughs> I, I, we have Hector, the German Shepherd, my dog at the gym, and so I've never been a huge fan of pit bulls, but hers are actually really freaking cool. Yeah. Hector is a great name Yeah, that's for a, a German great Shepherd. name. <laughs> He's, he's, he's the gym mascot yeah. the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. We have just so enjoyed the conversation. And Dave, I have to say that I really enlightened by everything you've done for women in weightlifting. It's pretty cool. I'm well, going to look at this completely differently now. This is definitely a jumping off point. You know, it's like, like I told Nicole, I just want to start empowering people to have these conversations and get the dialogue rolling. And this women's program, you know, the cool part about all of our programming is every year we learn and we get better because we collect data from all of these thousands of people that are doing the program. And so it's literally, it takes on a life of its own. So I really appreciate you saying that. And uh, I've enjoyed the conversation and let us know when we can come back. Yeah, we love it. We'll keep in touch. And Nicole, we're going to keep watching you kick butt. I will do my best, girls. Do you have any <laughs> upcoming competitions? Um, I don't have any scheduled uh, right now. Um, let's see, nationals, nationals is in May. So that's what, you know, that's what we're gearing up for now. Yeah, U.S. Nationals in May. I mean, it's 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 the end of the quadrennial, so we have the Olympic trials coming up um, in oh. May. We'll see how that goes. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being on, and yeah, we'd love to have you back. Listeners, you can uh, visit Kalo, Q-A-L-O.com to support the podcast, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.